Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show to talk all things UNLV. In a matter of minutes, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, got to get the last media session in before the Raiders took off for L.A. for their Thursday night football action. Before we get into anything, including calls and texts, 702-365-9200, plus our text line at don'tbebroke.com, text line at 69187, keyword r Do want to remind you that you can get an opportunity to meet the great one. And I'm talking about Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is the co-owner of the Las Vegas Desert Dog Lacrosse team. We've actually had uh, we've had the CEO on. We'll have a player or two on next week when they get their season underway. But we're giving you an opportunity to not only meet the great one, but also get some Desert Dog swag. So if you want to get hooked up with that, and uh, I live by the motto, if it ain't free, it ain't me. So, uh, you know, it's, it's free. It's F-R-E-E. All you got to do is go to LVSportsNetwork.com. Sign up today. You got to be 18 and older. It's all 18 and older, and you can do that. So I don't know, Damon. What, what, what do you think? You think you can take the, the great one? Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I mean, I know you're, you're a man of many talents, man. Can you, can you, can you take the great one? Oh, uh, no, not a chance. <laughs> Probably at this age now, he'd still, like, skate right past me. Can you skate? I, I, I mean, that's a legit question, because I can't. I can stand up. Can you skate? No. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> I can't do that, but I can do this. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I put them on. All right. Thank you. Thank you for putting them on. Well, LVSportsNetwork.com. You don't have to skate. You don't have to put them on. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to play hockey to meet the great ones. So uh, check it out today. Sign up. And uh, the drawing's coming up in a matter of days, as a matter of fact. So you might be meeting the great one one-on-one, a little meet-and-greet action, uh, all brought to you by all of us here at LVSportsNetwork.com. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's get ABA Ivan Davidson. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? No, man, you sound like you're underwater. You sound like you're swimming. All right, I'll call back then. I'll call back. <laughs> okay, all right, brother. We appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you for the honesty. <laughs> I sound like he was swimming underwater, man. You ever tried to make a phone call underwater? <laughs> That's what it sounded like he tried to do. <laughs> So if you want to hit us up, you can at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. How much growth have you seen from head coach Joshua Daniels as far as play calling and personnel use? That's the question I'm asking. Of course, you can always chime in about anything else. We'll get back to those in a matter of minutes. But I want you to hear from head coach Joshua Daniels as he met with us earlier today. And just we asked him a few different questions here and there. Uh, the whole crew wasn't uh, wasn't there. Like Vinny was already on his way to L.A. And there's others. Paul Gutierrez was on his way to L.A. So uh, it was only a couple of us there. So we just had a handful of questions for him. But the first one we asked him was about prepping a new quarterback on a short week and his experiences that he's had. And it's a kind of a short answer, but uh, just here's head coach Josh McDaniel's thoughts on that. Um, years ago, where we got, you know, added a guy in the middle of the week and tried to cram as much as we could, you know, because we, we had to based on injury. But, um, you know, it's definitely not out of the question. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors that would go into whether or not they would want to do that or not, though. So that was his quick answer. And of course, my quick response was, well, how did that work out? 
He played pretty good. Um, we didn't win, but he, he played pretty good. So, um, you know, again, I think each person would be different. It was Kellen Clemens, actually, was the quarterback. And, um, you know, I don't remember how many days we had that week, but he definitely wasn't there for like three weeks. He was there for a very short period of time. So, um, you know, uh, each guy would be different. So that was Kevin Bollinger started things off just asking him about – you know, what his thoughts were on, on the Rams talking about, even thinking about playing Baker Mayfield and if he's ever had that kind of experience because obviously been in the league a long time. And I thought it was it was funny. He asked a question when it was going through my mind. I was about to ask him the same question, and then Kevin asked. So I said, well, there you go. Good looking out. So that's why I followed up with, well, how did it work out? Because I just don't believe, regardless, I don't believe that it's going to work out very well. Uh, it's going to be a very dumbed-down playbook for a guy that's only been there a day and a half, if he plays at all. If he does, great. If he doesn't, that's fine, too. Yeah, even though I've never heard of Kellen, what was it Kellen Clemens? Yeah, Kellen Clemens. I, yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah, or he was a while around for a while. Yeah, but even if you have Baker Mayfield, first round draft pick, you know, number one pick overall, Pro Bowl talent, I still do not think that it's going to matter at all. Right. You could be, you know, mystery relevant, or you could be the first round pick, where it's just not going to be enough time. He's had a day to look at this playbook. Well, I'll tell you right now, it doesn't matter who's back there, right, at, at the quarterback position, if you can't protect him. We know that very well when we talk about the offensive line for the Raiders and how they've taken so long to finally find the, the the right five guys. And it looks like they have found the right five guys to their credit. But it took a long time. Going back to the text we got from the 707, is it going to take to week 12? Well, it just about did with the offensive line. Well, it's funny. I didn't think that it was possible, but the Raiders aren't in the worst way when it comes to the offensive line. The Rams have actually had a super carousel when it comes to the O-line. Here's Josh McDaniels talking about that. I think the you know the continuity on the offensive line obviously is important. Um, uh, you know, for there no five guys work together more closely um, and connected in, in, in terms of being connected on every play than those guys do. So I, I understand the challenges. Um, we've lived through those before. Um, you know, we've had our fair share of you know uh, changes and those kind of things. But um, I think they're uh, when you watch them, you know, they're well coached. Sean doesn't put anybody in a position to do things that they can't do. Um, you know, they can run the football, they pass protect, they, they do some different things, move the pocket. Um, and all of them know what they're, what they're being asked to do. So um, I give those guys a lot of credit. They've definitely had a lot of shuffling going on. Um, but, you know, they never make an excuse. And they just keep plugging guys in there and giving them an opportunity to play. And they coach them and, and get them ready. And generally, they've, they've acquitted themselves very well. But it's not easy. Uh, when you have to deal with so many uh, changes with the, with that group of five guys because of how much communication goes on. So, um, you know, look, they're preparing hard. We're preparing hard. And, um, you know, we're going to play the best we can tomorrow against all 11 guys that are on the field. So uh, hopeful that we can put together a good performance as a, as a unit and as a team. The Rams have had 12 different variations of the offensive line in 12 games. 12 and 12. That's a recipe for disaster. Again, I don't care who you have back there at the quarterback position. That's just not going to work. And that was actually a question that was asked by one of the NFL Films guys. And I mentioned that the NFL Films were around. They were videoing the, the Raiders. They videoed some of uh, uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday at the Oyo. And that's going to actually air before the game on Amazon. Uh, so they were there today. And so that was one of the questions that they actually asked head coach Josh McDaniels was about the carousel at that offensive line position for the Rams. And then also uh, tried to get <laughs> Tried to get Coach McDaniels to talk about the potential of Aaron Donald being out, but it was funny because now we know Aaron Donald was out, but at that time, we didn't know. So it was so funny. They kind of worded it to Coach about, you know, hey, how, how much how much nicer will it be to be able to run the ball with Josh Jacobs without Aaron Donald out there? 
I'm not going to say anything about that until I know that. Uh, I know the pro what the prospect is when he plays. Um, uh, this guy's um, as good of a football player as there is at his position in the National Football League. There's no question. And uh, so, you know, our our biggest focus is is if he is in there, um, understanding the way he plays and how disruptive he can be, and what we need to do to try to you know, minimize as best we can uh, his impact on the game, which is almost impossible. So, um, you know, we're going to try to do the things we know how to do the best. Um, you know, on a short week, you don't – we're not reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, we don't we don't practice, you know, 75 new plays here. So, um, you know, it's rarely a mystery about how things are going to go and what you're going to try to do. Um, what it comes down to more than anything is fundamentals. Uh, technique, effort, um, communication, and trying to do things right. So, um, you know, that's really what we're going to focus on, uh, regardless of who's out there. So there you go. Uh, Josh McDaniels was not going for the banana in the tailpipe. Now, at this point, we do know Aaron Donald's out, so uh, you can talk about it now, but he did not, you know, at least he didn't allude to knowing for sure at that point, and I'm sure he had a great idea, just like the NFL Films guys have a great idea if they don't know 100% already. But, you know, it was a good, it was a good question, and I think that life obviously is going to be a lot easier for Josh Jacobs to be able to run the rock, it'll be a lot easier for Derek Carr to throw the ball without Aaron Donald out there. I mean, this is a dude that's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, the dude's fantastic. So not having that big-time player, it's just, like, it's just similar as if Max Crosby wasn't playing. That's a big deal. Chandler Jones isn't playing. That's a big deal. So Aaron Donald being out is obviously huge for the Raiders and their offense potential. Now, the offense has been clicking the last few weeks because the Raiders' offensive line, as we mentioned, has gelled. They found the five guys. They're very comfortable with those guys, and those guys are very comfortable in their role. So here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about settling the settling of the Raiders' offensive line. Just, uh, I think, trying to you know evaluate it day to day and really be honest with ourselves. Um, and and look, you know, work out is a relative term, as you as you know. I mean, you know, they've they've gotten to to string together some games here over the course of the season. Um, there's definitely things we can do better, uh, but I think as a unit, they're trying to, to do the right things as we go through the season. And as long as we're honest about, you know, uh, the, the things we're doing right and the things we're not, then I think you're always kind of being led to the right decision. And so, um, we did talk about opportunity, you know, starting back in the spring, giving everybody opportunities to earn their role. We've been consistent with that and that approach. I think we've rewarded the people that have played the most consistent and done the things that we're asking them to do the best. Um, and we continue to do that. They continue to work in practice. Uh, you, you've seen guys start to create new roles. Isaiah Palama, I mean, he just created a role for himself last week and started to, you know, really kind of start making some plays defensively. And we've tried to do that with every, every guy on our football team. And um, I think they respect that. And I think the offensive line in general, uh, has benefited from the fact that, okay, you know, we worked through all those kinks. We had some shuffling. I think it's always good for guys to play on the left and right. I mean, that's great experience for them because you're never going to go through an entire season and have five guys just stand there and never come out based on injury or some other factor. So um, Dylan knowing the calls on the right, knowing the calls on the left, having to play center early in the season. Alex was on the left. Now he's on the right. Uh, Jermaine's been at guard and at tackle, played right tackle, left tackle. So I think all of those reps and all of the communication is valuable. And so I think they, they've they used it and they've had the right mindset about it. And I think now we've we've kind of settled into a five that we, you know, hopefully we can stay with. Um, I think that they would look back on those experiences and say that it was all beneficial to them. 
Head coach Joshua Daniels, he met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center uh, before the Raiders took off for L.A. for their game Thursday night football versus the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Just got a couple more sound bites. want you to hear from what he had to say, and one is on uh, the Raiders' roster moves that they made yesterday. They put Kyle Pecco, the defensive tackle, put him on the active roster, and they waived Kendall Vickers. So uh, here's head coach Joshua Daniels just talking about those transactions, and it sounds like Kendall Vickers could find his way back to the team. Well, we'll see how it goes with Kendall. You know, what I mean, we're we're waiting on you know kind of how that how that the transactions will go today. But um, you know, no KV didn't do anything. You know, incorrectly was managing a couple things here the last couple of weeks relative to just his overall health and body and all that. But um, Kyle's just been a consistent guy. Um, you know, he he goes in there and understands what his job is, knows what his role is, and tries to do it to the best of his ability. He's tough. Um, you know, uh, he'll do the dirty work. You know, and and he just he plays hard. So, um, you know, he's a he does a lot of things the way you would ask him to do. Um, has some limitations, but we know what those are, and uh, he works around them. We work around them, and uh, he's contributed to uh, some some good days for the defense. So Kyle Pecco sounds like some more defensive tack, tackle depth. You know, he doesn't sound like he's a guy that's going to contribute a whole lot. You heard uh, Coach McDaniels right there talk about there's things he does well, there's things he's limited at, and that's fine. But he knows what they're going to ask him to do, and they're going to do what he does really well. Again, going back to the growth of the coaching staff, both Patrick Graham, Josh McDaniels, and everyone else, right? They're learning how to use these players. Is it the way that any of us wanted it to be? Hell no. <laughs> I'll be the first to tell you, no. The expectations were for this team to come in to the season and be a damn good team. I was on a radio station in Utah earlier today, and they were, you know, they were asking me the same thing. And I said, look, no one in Raider Nation wanted them to be a, a four-win te- team, a five-win team at this point of the season. They didn't want that. But it is what it is at this point. I'm just happy to see that the team is learning how to win games. And it looks like they're more comfortable with each other. Coaches, players, everyone looks and sounds. I go by a lot of sound and body language. And... His press conferences sound like he's more comfortable with what he's doing and his conversation. So that goes into it as well. We just got another text from our guy in the 707 who's been going back and forth talking about, you know, about the, the growth and not really giving Coach McDaniels any credit. And he said a lot of guys are on one-year deals, means there's going to be a lot of new faces next season as well. The nation doesn't have patience to not hit the ground running next season. If this season doesn't end with a miracle Super Bowl, then he better have an entire team ready to win games week one or the nation will erupt, which is fine. I mean, it's so funny. We're, we're saying the same language. You're just disagreeing with me for the sake of disagreeing. It's not, it's not even an argument. I'm understanding exactly where you're coming from. I understand how the nation wants everyone to win right now. I also know three or four weeks ago the nation wanted everybody fired, and you know what that would have been? That would have been tearing it on down again, and that would have been starting all over again, and that would have gotten no one anywhere. I know four weeks later you're seeing a lot of growth. At least I feel like I'm seeing a lot of growth, and that's all I'm asking. Are you seeing growth? Are you hearing growth? Are you seeing players understand what they're doing? Guess what? There's never going to be another year one again unless there's a new coach in place. This is year one. There's never going to be a very first game as head coach Josh McDaniels with the Raiders after the first game. It just won't be. There's only New is only new for so long. The only way that the key players that you need, yes, there's going to be new faces. We are not. None of us are oblivious to that. We all know that. But unless you get rid of your quarterback, get rid of your star wide receiver, get rid of your tight end who still needs to get accoladed to to the system, you know, he needs to understand what's going on, get rid of your slot receiver in Hunter Renfro, get rid of your star defensive end in Max Crosby, get rid of, you know, one of your stud defensive backs in Nate Hobbs. Unless you're getting rid of your key guys because you want to get rid of your key guys, 
then there's not going to be a whole lot of brand new. That's my point. Like, you're going in circles because you want to be a wheel. You just want to keep going around and around and around when you don't have to. If flat out, if you just want to say, Q, I still don't like the guy, just say that. It's easier. We'll get it done quicker. And also, why are you talking about next season so much? Well, just, I mean, total yeah. the Texas in the 707. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't like you know. Next, I mean, they still got a whole season. This is the run that, they were, that they're trying to go on next. I don't care and, about and, next season right and, now. That's and, all I want to say. And nobody should care about next season right now, right? I mean, because right now you have more games to see and more games to play. And they, who know, I know the players in the locker room, the guys you mentioned on the one-year deal, think they give a damn about next year? Some of them might not even be in the league next year. For all we know, anything could happen. Some guys might retire and be like, yeah, that was cool. What's his name? Blake Martinez yeah. retired, right? He sold a Pokemon card for like $600,000. I was like, I'm good. Things happen, man. That's my point. Are you seeing growth? Because if, if at this point you're not seeing growth, that's the bigger problem. Honestly, that's the bigger problem. That's why we're talking about it. But it's like, okay, want to keep dwelling on what happened in week five or six or seven. Okay, well, it happened. It sucks. Nobody wants this. I thought the team was a 10-win team for sure. And right now they're not. Maybe they end the season 10 wins. Maybe they don't. I don't know. If I had to tell you, if, if, you, if I had to bet my last dollar, if they're going to win 10 games this season, I'd say no. I have no problem saying that. I'd say the chances of them going and winning out and ended up 10-7 and seven like they were a season ago aren't good. Doesn't mean they can't do it. Just means that if I had to bet my last dollar, I would bet it on, you know, like they say, always bet on black. <laughs> I would bet no, just because I feel like the odds are better. But that's just me. Final soundbite, then we'll take a break. How about Raiders in L.A.? We know the fan base are going to be loud and proud. Loud and proud. We have Gangster Raider calls. You know, he's so excited, wants it to be a blackout at SoFi Stadium. So here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the Raider fandom in Southern California. It does impact it. Um, you know, first of all, it's, it was I, – I, I, my first opportunity to, to see that was opening day. You know, it was, I, was, um, I was pretty – uh, amazed, you know. Uh, obviously, um, they 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 give us great support wherever we're at. I mean, they've been everywhere: uh, East Coast, Florida, uh, Seattle, and certainly in Southern California. So, um, our fans are tremendous, and um, it's a little bit of a um, you're, you're trying to you're trying to gauge um, certain things. Silent cadence on the road, not using the silent cadence on the road. Um, those things are always. Um, a question. Um, so we would default on always preparing for the worst and, and then we'll adapt during the course of the game. Um, but I, I would say there's no question that you feel that and that does and can have an impact in the game. Certainly, I hope it doesn't have any impact in terms of the way we play. Um, you know, we just have great support there and uh, we felt it on opening day and I'm sure we're going to feel it tomorrow night. So there's head coach Joshua Daniels talking about the impact the Raider Nation could potentially make at SoFi Stadium. And the last I checked, and I want to say Jason Horowitz tweeted it out, or maybe it was Bill Williamson, and then Jason Horowitz just retweeted it. Uh, the fact that the tickets that were being sold to the game is about 63%, I want to say. That's the number uh, of Raider fans that are buying those tickets. I want to say that that was it. Yep, yep. 63? All right, good memory. There you go, man. My memory hasn't failed me yet. One of these days, <laughs> one of these days is bound to happen. But no, uh, that's good stuff. Right, so Raider Nation, we already know. You know, someone hit me up uh, earlier today and was like, "I haven't heard you say it's another home game for the Raiders." And I was like, "I don't think that I have to." It's technically, it's not a home game, but the fan base is going to make it feel like a home game. You know, I mean, I guess it's tomato, tomato, how you want to say it, but 
I know Raider Nation is going to represent it. So far, I was there week one against the Chargers, and they represented then. They'll definitely represent tomorrow. I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm excited to hear what it sounds like. Everyone who's going to be in attendance, including Gangster Raider, I'm excited to uh, hear what they have to say following the game, how they felt in the in the stadium. The stadium's an awesome place. It's an awesome building. I I personally like Allegiant Stadium better, but that's just me. Maybe because I understand how the hell to get around Allegiant Stadium. What you described sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it is an. It's like we all know L.A. traffic is bad, right? <laughs> I feel like L.A. traffic is personified inside a SoFi Stadium. It drives me crazy. It's the worst thing. I man, it was the worst experience. But the stadium is awesome. It's just getting around, navigating it. And maybe it's just because I'm a big dummy, and I'll own that. That's okay. I ain't the smartest cat in the world. I'll be the first to admit that. That's a tough, difficult place to walk around, figure out where you're going, and oh, by the way, drive around and try to get in and out that damn parking lot. Oh, you got to go to pink. No, you got you to go to pink lot to get to red lot where the media is supposed to park. But how are you supposed to know that you got to go through pink to get to red? <laughs> right? It's not on the itinerary? No, it's not on the damn, you know, where you get the parking pass. It don't say, oh, by the way, you're going to have to go in this. I went in orange just because it was the only opening there I saw it and I was like you know what I know I'm going to red because I've been there before so I was like okay I know I'm going to red but it's such a long line orange I'm going to go through orange so I went through orange and the guy's like oh you can't go through here you got to go all the way back out this and that and I was like dude I'm not doing that like I'm already in the parking lot dog either you're going to like tow my car or something I don't care I'm already in the parking lot isn't there a way I could just drive to to lot red like it's I know it's right over there and I know that technically I'm coming in the wrong way, but, you know, you got to give me a break or something. And did he give you that break? Yeah. What he did is he actually called somebody, and they gave me an escort all the way to Red Lot. It was great. He was in a, a little 4x4. Four four, like it, was on, it was like a DMX video. What is You know what I mean? Like, I thought I was going to hear, oh, oh. Like, you know, I thought DMX was back, right? It came out on the little, you know, hover around or whatever they're riding. It's like, follow me, sir. I don't know if they thought because I was in the Cadillac, I was someone special. No, that's what it was. <laughs> I don't know. But he's like, oh, follow me. And so they literally took me. They took the cones. They moved the cones. And I followed the guy. And, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, he's got to go the other way. He's like, no, no, he's following me. He's okay. And they drove me right to red. And they're like, oh, here you go, sir. You can park right there. And I was like, thank you. But see, you talk to people the right way, and you get what you need. If you come off at it like an a-hole, you're not going to get the, you know, what you need. If you come off, I'm like, man, go ain't doing it. They'll be like, all right, you're going the other way. But if you just come off with them just a little little cool, give you some love sometime. I'm not saying it works all the time, but it works Real more quick, times I than that. Real quick, I would love to see if they called your bluff and hooked, <laughs> and hooked your truck up. I wasn't, I wasn't going to let that happen, but I was just – I mean, I just knew that if I said it like that, he would be like, oh, this dude's desperate, right? Because I'm just like, man, like, man, I just – I can't do it, man. You have to tow my car or something, but I can't do it. And I think he felt so bad for me because he, he could see desperation in my eyes. Like I was a puppy dog that was lost and I was just looking for mom, right? <laughs> Let's help this kid find his way home. I don't know what it was, why he <laughs> gave me love, but he did. And I don't ever want to drive back there again if I don't have to. I'm just saying. If I ain't got to, I don't want to. ABA Ivan Davis, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call, too. Uh, to answer your question, uh, it's happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen. Because that offense is difficult to learn. I mean, the growing pains on both offense, actually, and defense is is to be expected. I'm glad they made the adjustments with uh, my man who kept running the wrong routes. Mm-hmm. It looks like they finally told him, look, run a nine, run a seven. 
or something like that. That way he can at least, then you figure it out later, okay? Go to the playbook later. But just tell him this route, and then uh, now it's looking a lot smoother. So to me, they're right where they're supposed to be, as far as I'm concerned. So so, so the answer is he's doing good because, I mean, they're, they're finally getting, uh, and they're finally learning the offense. And so their time is going to come next year. If they keep the same group, they're going to come out in a blazing fire for the Super Bowl next year. And personally, I think that's what, because that's Vegas, right, next year? Yep. And so I, I, I think that's what that what the real motivation uh, is. Playoffs for it, yeah, you want to make that sure, but make sure you're ready to challenge for the Super Bowl uh, in Vegas. And so, but they, they're right where they're supposed to be. I mean, this is a big enough sample size where they can say, okay, this guy is good for here. He can only do this over there. That's, what, that's what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, that's how I would coach him. I mean, I'm not NFL coach, but that's what I would. That's what I would just wait for the big sample size, and and now that they got it, they, you know, it's starting to work like it's supposed to. All right, thank you for the call, my man. Sal, you got on the Bart train. If you did, man, be safe out there. Uh, you know, appreciate the call, and uh, yeah, and and you know, you hate to do that. You hate to say, well, I think they're going to be ready for next year, and they're going to make a Super Bowl run because then, I mean, I kind of feel like that sets you up for failure. But I do feel like that they're building something, and I do feel like that they're heading in the right direction. And Dave Ziegler, the GM, Champ Kelly, the assistant GM, Josh McDaniels, they've all said it to a T that they want to be able to build something that's successful today, tomorrow, this year, next year, and for years to come, which is all that anybody in Raider Nation should want. After all the years of so many questions on, is this team going to be good? Is there, are they not going to be good? Is it going to be this head coach? There's nothing been sustained in the last 20-plus years. Sustainability is a big deal. That's what they're trying to work on. Do I like the way that they've got here? No. But they're here the way they're here. And now that the hole's so big that they, they, they've they dug, they're trying to you know dig themselves out of it the best way they can. However it happens, it happens. And then they build off that. As long as you can see the growth, that is something that's a positive. 329 is the time. Paloma Villacana, she joins us next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We threw the question out there. How much growth have you seen from head coach Josh McDaniels' as play calling personnel goes as the Raiders are currently riding a three-game winning streak? And honestly, I think it should be a four-game winning streak. I think by the time we uh, have the show on Friday, we should be talking about a four-game winning streak. We should. Now, they've got to go out there and play the game, right? You just can't, can't put a dub in the column just because, because the Rams are down and they've lost six in a row and there's questions at the quarterback position and Aaron Donald's out, even though those are great reasons to go win the game. But I honestly think that there should be no reason why the Raiders don't win this game. Now, I thought there should be no reason why the Raiders didn't beat the Colts, and they didn't. So, you know, again, that's the reason why they play the games. Shoulda, woulda, coulda doesn't mean you will. But I just like to see the growth and what they've done the last three weeks. It looks like it's all starting to come together, even though there's still a lot of parts that aren't even part of the team that will make the team better once they are part of it. So hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Again, asking about head coach Josh McDaniels and his growth. Well, speaking of growth and head coaches, UNLV, the Rebels, they have a new head coach. Barry Odom comes over. He was the Arkansas defensive coordinator a season ago. He was previously a head coach there in Missouri and uh, didn't go that great there. But again, he was at Missouri in the SEC, and that's not that easy. So uh, joining us now on the phone lines to talk about the new head man for the Rebels is Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And she was there today as he was introduced and talked to the media. And Paloma, what were your thoughts before you got to the presser today when you found out and you confirmed that Barry Odom was going to be the head coach? What were your initial thoughts? 
I said, wow, an SEC coach coming to UNLV can only mean one thing. He's going to bring SEC coaches, and he's going to bring SEC players, and he's going to bring SEC trainers, and he's going to bring an SEC culture to UNLV. And I think that's exciting. I really do. I think that's a move in, a, in the right direction for UNLV that has had a lot of adversity. It's been a revolving door with UNLV football, as we all know, um, trying to find consistency in winning in that program. Um, so, you know, my, my expectations are high for this coach, and I think everyone's expectations in this town are really high for this coach. Um, one thing he, he mentioned today was just his, his love for his family and his love for this Las Vegas community. It was kind of interesting to hear a head coach immediately start his press conference, um, you know, paying dues and paying respect to the city of Las Vegas, just saying that, you know, he really, really values this community, this city. He wants to be involved right out the gate. He wants to go to high school football games, high school basketball games. Like, he wants to be involved in this community. Um, and that was just exciting to see uh, right out the bat that he has uh, two sons who play football, One's a senior about to commit to a school, and, and one's a sophomore who plays quarterback. So um, just right off the bat, just showing that he's a family guy, he wants to be involved in this community, and he wants all of the UNLV football players to stay at the program and develop under him and you know move in the, in the right direction with him. Um, and speaking to Doug Brumfield today, he says he's committed to Coach Odom, and he wants everyone else in that UNLV football team to also be committed uh, to Coach Odom and, you know, Doug Brumfield on, on social media trying to recruit the guys in the transfer portal back to, to UNLV. So nothing but positives really to take away this morning from Coach Odom over at UNLV. You know, you mentioned him being part of the community and going to high school football games, and that really stood out to me as well because I feel like there's a lot of talent here locally that ends up leaving town. How important and how big would that be if Coach Odom and his staff could find a way to keep some of the homegrown talent that ends up leaving and going to Utah or going to other places? Yeah, he told me that's at the forefront of his goals. You know, that's at the forefront of his mission here in Las Vegas is to keep Las Vegas talent here at UNLV, and that's just something that we haven't seen lately. And, you know, we have Bishop Gorman here in our hometown, in our mm -hmm. backyard, and we have great football players all over this town um, that go off to, to Power 5 conferences, that go off to to the Pac-12 and other big schools. Um, and, and so for, for this guy to come from a Power 5 program, come from Arkansas and, and Missouri and this isn't his first rodeo. You know, he's been a head coach at Missouri from 2016 to 2019. He's played against Alabama. He's played against Georgia. You know, he's played against top, top-ranked schools, the best of the best. Um, so so he, this is not his first time around the block. I think I feel like he knows what he's doing. He knows how to recruit, how to lead, how to build a program. So I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, what, what he does here locally recruiting-wise. But one thing I, I, I noticed today when I sat down with him is just he's very friendly. He's approachable. He has a beautiful family. He has two kids that are in high school. He has a young daughter. So he's almost like very relatable. You know, you mm -hmm. can go up to him at a football game and say hi. You could go up to him on the sideline and, and say hi. So um, that's that's just maybe a southern a southern style <laughs> that he has. But um, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So you're saying when I see him and I go, what up, Coach O? 
What up, dog? <laughs> He'll definitely give you a big hug for sure. <laughs> Talking right now with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. All right, I'm going to be Actually, Demond. DeMond's got a few for you. I've Hold got up. a couple for you. This is Let's fan go. DeMond speaking right now. You put out a tweet when it, with President Whitfield. The quote was, everyone we bring in needs to embrace the community. Is it fair to say that maybe the previous head coach did not embrace the community enough? I think Coach Arroyo was dealt some difficult cards. You know, he started his career off in the pandemic um, in 2020. Even I, I, I did my first year with him on Zoom. Mm. Um, you know, I wasn't able to meet Coach Arroyo until 2021, you know. So I think Coach Arroyo was, was dealt difficult cards. But I also think Coach Arroyo was just so focused on the X's and O's, really focused on, on football and taking care of his his team and winning winning Saturday's game, you know, he was so focused on winning um, that he almost, you know, got a little bit lost on, on the connection with the community and the social aspect of, you know, throwing out the first pitch at the Aviators games and, you know, going to, to more community events and, you know, being around town just because he was so focused on trying to, you know, bring wins to his team. But, how can you become close to a coach and root for a coach and, and, and get excited about a coach if, you, if you've never met him, if you can't relate to him, if you, you know, can't approach him at games or you've never met him before? So I think that's really important, and, and that's just something that we've seen successful head football coaches, you know, Nick Saban and, and TCU and Lincoln Riley. We see what they do so much with the community and the media and the, the, the extra stuff they do outside of games, connecting with fans, connecting with the community. And that plays a huge role um, in just the whole city rallying around you. And I know their goal is to pack Allegiant Stadium and to get the entire city uh, rallying around UNLV football. So being in the community, being able to be approachable, having you know students want to go play for you, that's huge. So... Um, and that's the number one thing that Coach Odom told me is he's going to be involved in the community. He's going to be um, approachable, available. His family is going to be at the forefront of everything they do. So I'm sure you guys will see his kids and his wife out and about. So um, just excited to see this, just this different, this different culture at UNLV that's um, a little bit more family focused and more community focused. I know that he's going to be focusing on the community, like you said, and he also mentioned that he wanted every player there today to stay at UNLV. And you said Doug Brumfield, he's working on players. Hey, get, come out of that transfer portal and come back home to UNLV. But did, he, did the coach mention anything about going into the transfer portal at all? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's December is crazy, as we all know. Mm -hmm. December, January, February, it's, you know, the signing period. The transfer portal makes things obviously a little bit more busy with, with players going in and out. But, you know, for your starting quarterback to be at the presser this morning, to be in attendance, to say to us on camera that he's committed to Coach Odom and he wants guys out of the transfer portal uh, to come, that's huge. You know, that's huge for Doug Brumfield to say that. That speaks volumes to uh, that they believe in Coach Odom. But, when I spoke to Coach Odom today, I asked him, so, so what's next? I mean, you got the transfer portal, you got early signing period coming up, you know, you got the signing day coming up in February. I mean, it's, it's, it's hitting the ground running for sure. But he told me his number one focus is right, right now is meeting with every single player at UNLV individually, getting to know them individually, making sure that every single player at UNLV meets him, meets his family, meets, 
you know, everyone he's about to bring into the program. So I think that's his first task, getting getting to, to know all the players here at UNLV, which UNLV has great talent on both sides of the ball. They have great talent. So, um, you know, you can only hope that UNLV players want to stay and, and develop with Coach Odom um, and, and then see what he does to, to bring in his first, his first class, which early signing period is coming up like December 21st. I mean, that's right around the corner. So um, I feel like it'll be no sleep for, for Coach Odom and his staff, but I'm more so interested to see, hey, if he brings in nothing but SEC players to the program and SEC coaches to the program and see who he can pick up in the transfer portal. With AD Eric Harper, did, did he mention today that that's one of the reasons why he brought in Coach Odom? Did he mention like some of his strengths or why this is going to be a good decision for the university going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, first and foremost, they wanted to hire a previous head coach at the FBS level. Um, they didn't want to hire an assistant or you know just any any anyone below that. They wanted a previous head coach, and it, it's I don't know over the last couple of years they haven't had a previous head coach. Their last former head coach was John Robinson in like 1999. Mm. So they wanted someone with head coaching experience at the FBS level. So that marked off, uh, that checked off the box, you know, coming from the SEC. But I think, I think Odom's, you know, resume speaks volumes of playing at Missouri, coaching at Missouri, um, you know, coaching at Arkansas. He told me, you know, he grew up in the SEC, you know, his blood is, is SEC. So that only excites you about just the culture and, and the work ethic and the type of football he's seen. I think, you know, his his team in, in Missouri was, you know, ranked number 23 while he was there. They took down number 14, Florida State. Um, you know, I mean, he's gone up against number one, Alabama, number two, Georgia. So I don't think there will be like a moment in the Mountain West Conference schedule that will be too high for him you know he's he's been through it in the SEC so um that just excites you know Harper and Whitfield and all the guys uh at UNLV they should be excited to be coached by Coach Odom. Paloma Villacana is our guest she's from Fox 5 Sports you can check her out on Twitter at Paloma Villacana we're here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and your tweet that you put out number seven in tackles number one in sacks number eight in interceptions that's what Uh the Razorbacks were last season defensively under Coach Odom that made me get fired up about the hire. Damon, as you could tell, is not fired up about the hire, but that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. With, with his defensive chops, what do you think that that helps? How do you think that that helps this UNLV, UNLV team, excuse me, that, uh, you know, struggled defensively, especially at, towards the end of last season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's exciting to get a defensive mind into UNLV's building that, you know, they had Austin Ajake, they had Adam Plant Jr. Um, you know, they had Kyle Beaudry, but, you know, they, they struggled defensively mm-hmm. last year, just trying to put up consistent games and stopping the run. I mean, the, the Hawaii loss, the Air Force loss, the San Jose State loss, it's almost like, oh, my goodness, where is the defense? Like, how can the defense drop off so much from game to game? So finding that consistency, um, finding that consistency is what they're looking for right now. Um, and, you know, coming from, from an SEC defense, I mean, you're going up against Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss. You're going up against some of the best offenses in, in the country. So to have that, that, that defensive experience under his belt, I think that can only help the Rebels moving forward. 
Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So uh, as far as the hire goes, you know, do you give it, you know, it's kind of just wrapping it up. Do you feel like it's a, a really good hire for the Rebels? you think it's an okay hire? Or, or where, where are you at, like, bottom line, with this hire? Just seeing the reaction from the players today, they were they were so excited, so happy. Just seeing um, the athletic administration so excited. I mean, there were a couple conversations I had off camera that, you know, they were really, really excited to pick up this guy. And, you know, everyone in, in the ad- administration office, you know, is proud of this hire. And they really think that they found their guy to um, not only – take care of the football team but just be a great leader in the community and that's what they were looking for is just a leader and and we all know with with um you know prime time going to colorado mm-hmm. and with uh the head coach of the tcu football team yeah. we can see how much a head coach of a football team completely transforms a city completely transforms a school in in money and tickets and admission um, and, 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 and everything. So if you find the right head coach of your football team, not only does that, you know, help your, your student athletes and help those young men succeed on and off the field, but it also helps the entire university, the entire city flourish. So they think they found that guy and, um, I'm excited to see him get to work and see what players he brings in, what coaches he brings in and how he transforms this, this UNLV program. After the introductory press conference, do you think he's going to be a good hang on the red zone? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's it, it kind of when I sat down with him, I was like, I almost like jumped right back into the SEC, like interviewing Nick Saban, interviewing all the coaches in the South. They're very respectful. They're very uh, focused, and he just seemed like he, I was like, yep, I'm right back in the SEC. Just um. You know, very professional, professional and respectful. And that was exciting to to be around. And, of course, to just have his family, you know, right beside him, that, that was exciting, too. So I'm excited for the Red Zone. I'm excited for the Red Zone, but I, I'm more so just excited to see how this football team is going to transform in the, in the next couple of months. Final question for you. i got to ask about the running Rebels. They're one of ten teams that remain yeah. undefeated in the country. They play tonight at the DLC against Hawaii. Uh, what are your thoughts on tonight's game and just them moving forward? Yeah, I mean, what am I seeing from the running Rebels right now? Just a lot of talent that is exciting to watch. You know, with the transfer portal, they got a, a bunch of new guys on their team from Oklahoma, Ole Miss, West Virginia. You know, they got a, a lot of new faces on their team. And my hat goes off to Kevin Kruger. I mean, 8-0, and undefeated. You know, a top ten team. You know, in the country, basically, they're you know undefeated at eight and zero. So, um, a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz around UNLV, and man, they dropped ninety five points against San Diego, one hundred and twenty six mm. points against Life Pacific. I mean, I know we talked on the Red Zone about his team finding that chemistry offensively. Um, I think they're they're really start starting to find their stride offensively, dropping you know ninety five points against San Diego, but. It was so funny to hear some of the players, you know, say after the San Diego game that some of the San Diego guys were at the free throw line like, man, y'all are y'all are good this year. Like y'all are <laughs> y'all are going to be a good team. And I was like, no way. They're giving like who like that never happened. Right. So, uh, yeah, UNLV is that good this year. They're playing Hawaii tonight at seven o'clock and then they'll be at the MGM Grand Garden Arena uh, this Saturday. So. They are not. They're not even cruising through their non-conference. They are dominating through their non-conference play right now. So 
Um, I'm juiced up about the running Rebels for sure. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun run so far, and, and we continue that, or we continue to believe that that run is going to continue. So uh, looking forward <laughs> yep. to it. Well, Paloma, what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? I got to jump on TV right now. Yes. So tune into the Red Zone. Every Sunday we got Coach Kruger on, and then I'll have more from my, my one-on-one sit-down with Coach Odom uh, this Sunday. But, man, I'm, I'm just excited for the Red Zone. We've got a lot of great things. Um, on tap for the Red Zone now with Coach Odom here. A lot of there will be new UNLV football content every week on the Red Zone for sure. And then Kevin Kruger and his dominating team. So a lot of good stuff at UNLV, man. All right. Well, we'll go jump on TV. We'll check you out. <laughs> we appreciate Bye, you. See y'all. All right. Bye. See you. There she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox Five Sports. She got to go jump on TV. So if you're checking it out on TV, you want to listen to us in the background and check her out. Uh, you can also. Check her out on Fox 5 Sports. She does a fantastic job. 3.51 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out hour number two. We got Jason Horowitz at the top of the hour. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at 4 o'clock, the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz. He'll join us to talk about the current three-game winning streak, what he thinks has changed since the Raiders were on a three-game losing streak. And now they're on the three-game winning streak with an opportunity to make it four with the win over the Rams. On Thursday night football, we just talked to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports about the new UNLV head coach, Barry Odom. And I don't know if you got the same feeling I did, Raider Nation, but every time DeMond talked, he sounded so angry. He sounded so mad. He sounded like you didn't want to give the guy a chance. He just sounded like, okay, yeah, so what? He might be a nice family guy. So what? What does that mean? Like, it sounded like he was just, like, like he was stepdad, right? It's almost like he was a stepdad. It didn't matter if he brought you you know, cookies or candy or took you out to eat or pizza or dinner. It's like he wasn't going to win you over. It's going to take more than winning over the media in the opening day, you know, press conference. No, but that's part of it, though. That's part of it. I'm one of the truthers, you know. <laughs> realize, realize, realize. You know, I'm, I got my eyes wide open. Unbelievable. DeMond just sounded so bad the whole time. Like, every question. Paloma would give a great answer. Well, yeah, he was, you know, the SEC, he did this. and this. Yeah, but, but can you catch you on a V? But yeah, can you, what can he do here? Moving on. <laughs> I don't care how much SEC experience he has. Can you do this? Come on, the SEC is a little overrated. I mean, you, hey. Oh, I know. We, we give him too much credit. Oh, sure. The SEC and the Mountain West, they're very comparable. I'm sure you still wanted Bama to get into the playoffs with two losses. No, I knew that they didn't deserve to be in. But I didn't. I was surprised that TCU got in. I was. Mm. And I forgot to actually shout out Paloma because she's a TCU grad. I uh, I should have shouted them out. I didn't think they were going to get in. I told Trayvon Merrick that in the, in the locker room on th- on Sunday. I was like, man, your, your Horn Frogs got in. I, I didn't think they were getting in, especially after they lost. I just figured that, you know, Ohio State would be in and they'd figure out a, a way to get someone else in there. But, I mean, you lose two games the way that Alabama – Alabama hasn't been that good this year. Let's just be honest about the situation. Even though they only have two losses, they're not the Alabama team that they usually are. I think anyone who's watched them could tell you that. Man, I'll, be the first to, I'll be the first to admit that. They just they haven't been that great. I watch Alabama all the time. I love Alabama. Roll Tide all day. In my house, they say, just win, baby, and roll Tide. Just like that. Seriously, ask the wife. She's at work, but you can call her. She'll tell you. There's two things that we say consistently in our house. Just win, baby, and roll Tide. And I don't have ties to anything Alabama. I ain't never been to that school. I ain't never gone to see a game there. I ain't never seen them play in person. But I do appreciate Alabama football. But I can tell you, as an honest man, that they ain't the team that they normally are. Just saying. They don't even have anyone going to, to New York for the Heisman Trophy. Wow, that's it's a don't even have a Heisman final. They normally do, right? Who won last year? Bryce Young. Where did he play? Uh, let me hear it loud and proud. Let me hear it. Alabama. Thank you. 
Just saying. Mailman Raider, hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Random SEC defensive coordinator, greater than, big name, who can't coach. Hashtag Marshawn Lynch for Cal Bear head coach. Boy, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. What? He just he just rolled over his whole argument. Why? Because he said Marshawn Lynch still coached the Cal Bears. And I'm assuming he's a Cal Bears fan. Yeah, maybe, maybe Marshawn could coach. I mean, maybe he can. I don't know. Do you? No. Okay. Did you know that Dion could coach? Yeah. How? He coached the Suns high school team. No, that prime prep you're talking about? Yeah. That was a disaster. Prime Prep was a disaster. Dog, we had this argument. So funny. <laughs> Let's go. No, we had this argument, not me and you, but me and my buddy Ward, when I was on ESPN Central Texas, Ward's an old school coach. And when I mean old school, I mean an old school coach, right? So you've got to look a certain way. you got to sound a certain way. I mean, he's Texas through and through. Love me some Ward, but he's got certain, certain requirements to be a head coach of a program. So when Dion went to Jackson State, he swore up and down that Dion was going to get them all kind of infractions. Dion was going to make sure that they lost money. He was going to make it a clown show. I mean, he was so anti-Dion. And so we would literally, it was funny, like just to poke the bear because he was a co-host on the show, I'd be like, man, I can't wait to see what Dion's going to do this year at Jackson State. He ain't going to do nothing. Like he got so mad, <laughs> so angry again because he's a coach. You know, he's a former coach. He's a coach's son. So there's a certain style that, you know, he's used to. That was very not like Dion. So he swore up and down Dion wasn't going to do nothing. And I said, well, look, at least he's going to Jackson State and he's not trying to go to Tennessee like Jason Witten was, right? And I said, do you want Jason Witten there? And he's like, no, he wouldn't be able to coach either. I said, okay. At least Dion's going somewhere where everyone's not trying to go. Like, they're not beating the door down to go to Jackson State. He decided to go and get his start there. So at least he's working his way up. So, so, so be it. So let him do it. If he flops, if he puts them in infractions, if they get suspended, so what? You weren't going to go there and coach anyway, were you? <laughs> He's like, no. I said, okay, then. So who cares? It's not like there's a line of coaches that are like, man, I sure want that Jackson State job. Who cares? He swore up and down that dude wasn't going to be able to coach nothing. And so the other day, when he took the Colorado job, my buddy Steven, who's also been on the show before, who was another co-host, he tweeted to me and Ward and was like, I guess Dion can coach. <laughs> <laughs> I still ain't heard from Ward. <laughs> I still ain't heard from him. He, he still don't want to give him no props. So you just never know, man. You never know if these guys got the chops to get it done or not. I mean, sometimes I hear Raider Nation all the time say, Charles Woodson should come in and be the secondary coach. That's not as easy as it sounds all the time, right? Just because you're a great player doesn't mean it's going to work out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Look at most of the head coaches in the league. They weren't really that good players, right? Sean McVay, he wasn't that good of a player. Josh McDaniels, he was good in high school. Wasn't really... D3, baby. Well, I mean, and I'm, hey, look, I love D3 football. Covered it. Not trying to be disrespectful, but it's not like he was a star. Not like he was a Hall of Famer. But that's the thing, man. Some guys are made for the job to be coaches. Some guys are made for the job to be players. Some guys are made for the job to be standing on the sidelines talking like we are. I'm not made for any of that. I'm made for just what we're doing right now, talking about what we observe. You know, it's, I think, uh, who was it? John McClain said, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to come up with the saying that he said. Because, you know, people always say, well, you can't talk about sports if you didn't play it or you can't talk about football if you didn't play it. And he was like, uh, he said something about, um, I didn't have to be the one to lay the turd to know that it stinks. Right? <laughs> he didn't use those words. But you know how dry John McClain is? When he said, well, I didn't have to lay the turd to know that it stinks. Right? I mean, it's something like that. I can picture him saying it. Yeah, exactly. But he tweeted it out, which was even funnier, right? Because just reading it, it just made me die. 
But that's the point, man. Sometimes you just never know what it's going to look like. 402 is the time when we come back, kicking off hour number three. Jason Horowitz, the Raiders play-by-play voice. He's great at that. He'll join us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.